With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, and welcome into the Straight Up Texas podcast presented by Whataburger. I'm your host, Hannah Wing, and I'm thrilled to be back recording at Globe Life Field with Jared Sandler and the newest dog dad in DFW, Nathaniel Lowe. Guys, it has been so long since we've all been here. How are we doing? Dog dad, how are you? I'm all right. <laughs> I got some responsibilities to take care of, you know? I, it's kind of funny how it like, all sets into, you know, because some people grow up with it, and I never grew up with a dog, and now I, I'm quite literally responsible for a, a life yeah a four-legged life who like has a pretty solid attitude right now so yeah it's it's gonna be fun to kind of navigate this were you the driving force behind adding the dog or did you have to be convinced no no i i wanted it okay do you I feel wanted. like a dad a little bit yeah a little bit yeah i don't know like I, now that i'm you know hearing him cry and and we're going out and going potty and this that and the other like i say that after all of like two nights of being home and like you know being responsible so you know now that i'm 72 hours into my fatherhood journey like watch out world <laughs> so i never so you didn't grow up with a dog i didn't no. grow up with one either no but I always loved dogs yeah and my now wife emily when we met she had a dog right was two years old and he was really cute, but she lived uptown on like the sixth floor and I would sometimes have to take him out and you have to go down the elevator and then you got to wait for him to go to the bathroom because otherwise you have to keep going up and down. And it was kind of like, I mean, he was so cute, so I couldn't really get mad, but it was like, gosh, this is a lot. And now I would do, I mean, like if Emily's like, Hey, I, I need you to let Cooper out. I, I'm not home. I would drive like 45 minutes just to like spend an extra five minutes with him. Yeah. I mean, I like, that. just wrapped around my finger. I'm, he's wrapped around, I'm wrapped around his finger. Oh. What's the saying? You're wrapped around his paw, paw. maybe. I think yeah. that's what it I is. I guess you don't have fingers. We have uh, a little Shih Tzu, and we're obsessed with him. It's my family's job in California. He's 15. His name's Barkley. Not after Matt Barkley, but he was USC's quarterback when we got him. But now he's 15 years old, and he has two different strollers that my parents will wheel him around Seal Beach, California for little daily walks. They're obsessed with him. 15. I know. It's that's crazy, huh? old dog. And they throw him birthday parties every year because he's just worth it. And we're obsessed with him. And I'm sure that you feel that way about Cooper and you about Mondo. Like, dogs are just the best. And I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm happy for you, man. Congrats. Thank Cheers you. Cheers to, to Mondo and you becoming a dad. Yeah, cool. <laughs> we'll have to do a special Father's Day episode now just for the dog. A dog Father's Day. Sure. It counts. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, so... Let's talk a little baseball, and then we're going to get back into your journey. I've really enjoyed throughout the year learning about your baseball journey, and I'd encourage people, you go back to previous episodes. This goes back to, I mean, a little tiny bit before high school, but really starts in high school, and some of the ups and downs. You know, we've talked about this. I think what makes your journey so fascinating and, and so interesting is that you weren't the first overall pick who had everything kind of fast-tracked and laid out. I mean, there were... Uh, multiple colleges there were times when you know you admitted you weren't sure that this was going to be something you would end up doing and here you are 
Silver Slugger last year. We've talked a lot about all the accomplishments and what you've achieved this year. Where we left off was your uh, your 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 time in AAA. We're going to get to that in a little bit, but let's talk 2023 Texas Rangers. So, if I would have told Rangers fans before the year that on September 19th, for a team that had not made the playoffs in the last six years, they would wake up in a playoff spot. I think everyone would take that 10 times out of 10 with the ability to control your own destiny to stay in the playoffs or even advance and win a division, right? Uh, how are you guys feeling about the opportunity that you guys have? Uh, it's a mixed bag, I would say, um, because, you, you know, we were, we were a first-place team for so long and we're still a first-place team. We just hadn't really played like a first-place team. And I think that's, like, not so much pointing the finger at anybody or any group or, like, this is a team sport. So yeah, we haven't really played like a first place team the last couple weeks. And so we're learning how to, uh, unfortunately later in the season bounce back, uh, as opposed to figuring it out early and knowing where we need to resort to in order to, you know, take another game or score another run or get another out, whatever the, whatever the game calls for. So, but again, you know, we're in as of right now, we're, we're, you know, night and day ahead of how, poorly we performed for the last two years that I've gotten to wear this uniform and and if you tell me like hey you know we're you know two weeks left a week and a half left in the regular season and we're whatever it is 12 games above 500 I'd say all right like we can deal with that because again like you said we control our destiny it's right in front of us and yeah we got we got some good baseball to play what has been the biggest challenge you think over the last let's just say from the you know our last episode was early August uh, what do you think the biggest challenge has been uh, just from a lineup standpoint in maintaining consistency? Uh, or is it just simply the, the, the way this game goes where sometimes a lot of guys are going to surge at the same time, sometimes a lot of guys are going to struggle, sometimes you're going to hit the ball hard and score one run, sometimes you're going to dink and dunk your way to seven runs. Is it just a lot of that, or is there something you can kind of point to? Yeah, we're just playing ball, man. We're just playing ball. It feels like, it feels like you know, there's we definitely, like, press on occasion sometimes we're down big and we instead of like scratching out one or two like I was talking to Max about this actually after I came out of the Cleveland the Cleveland series because uh, the starters got pulled uh, I think twice in that series we got we got smacked in Cleveland that's no secret um and I'm talking to Max about it in dugout he goes you know why is that and I said all right well you know the guy the first night he he winds up putting together a really solid start when maybe some point in our, our minds we might have expected otherwise, like based on previous results, we've beaten him twice in two other uniforms. And I guess the third time's a charm for him. So when when we're down big, like big being three plus, and we need a, a, a crooked number on the scoreboard to make the game interesting, it feels like, again, you know, we, we press and try and hit the, uh, the two-run homer with nobody on base or try and hit, you know, two hits and one at bat or something like that. It, it, and it's just not our brand of baseball, but when we wind up in the driver's seat and we can get something rolling and really get the offense going, like, you know, we, we've seen it before previously in the year, earlier in the year, we, we, we're a really good offensive team. So, you know, um, injuries too, like uh, with, with Josh's thumb and Dulles knee, like, you know, all other Knicks and knacks going on, whatever's, whatever's going on over the course of 162. Um, all the guys are banged up a little bit somehow. So, you know, it's, this is a, it's, for lack of a better term, it's it's nut cutting time for the guys, and we we need to play some pretty good baseball here. All right, so we have twelve games left, and we got some music now yeah, for you know people are fired up, making it over the yeah. Right uh, or not. 
12 games left, a game and a half out of the division, in a playoff spot, uh, in the wild card, it, all sorts of irons in the fire, right? Uh, how do you, like, I, it always fascinates me, just forget all of the context. Having to play in front of 35,000 fans and however many thousands are watching on TV, like, that is so much more pressure than I think anyone will ever comprehend, right? Like, a lot of these people, and I'm maybe a little fired up, a lot of these people who just like to be gratuitously critical, they go to work and no one watches them, other than, like, their boss supervises them, but they don't have an audience, they don't have spectators, they don't have all that pressure. Yeah. Now, you factor in the context, like, how do you, you always seem like you're in such a good place, how do you bounce back after a night like last night where a lead slipped away and you got to come back and you got to, you know, be a part of a, a group effort to try and get a win. Like what, what are the things that you've worked on to put yourself in that spot? Um, so you mean like, we'll take that as like somebody's yelling at us on the field. No, like I, to play I, don't, better I know you or, don't care about that, but I'm just saying there's, like there's Instagram or tw- yeah, whatever, Twitter show, all that or stuff your, or, or the pressure you guys put yeah, on yourself. or people just don't get it. Um, Hmm. I mean, yeah, again, like, there's just, there's a reason why they're in the seats and not on the field, you know, because if they were, like, truly, like, a- able to come out and compete and, uh, you know, take care of business, then they would be the ones who'd be on the field. But, again, you know, like, support is, is all we can ask for from this group, and putting together a competitive product is is what our job is to do. You know, we need to entertain the people. We need to score runs. We need to... Uh, you know, uh, make big outs on the mound and, and on defense and the things will line up the way they're supposed to. So we just got to keep going, man. We got, we got whatever it is, a week and a half, two weeks left to really make something happen. And if that doesn't fire you up to a, come out to a game and support and be like, well, I guess one a is come out to a game and really just give it your best. Cause that's all that we can do. And then, you know, uh, feed off of energy at the home stadium. You know, we got one of the nicest yards in the, in the league and, and that's, you know, Putting that in perspective, we got one of the nicest baseball fields on earth sitting right here in Arlington that we get to come to work at every single day. So roof open, roof closed, like the crowd's loud and and we are in a position to win every single night, regardless of who we're playing against. So I I don't really think we can ask for anything different coming down the stretch. All right. What is your drive home like after a game like last night versus, say, when the team goes out and wins 10-0 tonight? Uh, Because like that to me, (laughs) I... And I, you know how I, I'm, I care, man. Like we all do. And yeah. um, I don't ever put myself in your shoes because you're the ones that are going out there and doing it. But uh, I don't know. Are you able to just clear your head when you drive home listening to music or do you think um, about the game? It depends. Like it really depends. It depends how the game went. It depends how, how I performed, all this other stuff. Like there's so many other factors that are involved in that but uh, like yesterday my dog made it to the last couple innings so um my girlfriend was you know here and in the in the family room with him and letting him run around and jump on everybody and (laughs) i'm not gonna lie to you man we got in the car yesterday and i think she still had some of the broadcasts on just to see like what's going on and your voice was on the radio i I don't 105 whatever it is i'll go ahead and mislabel that but 105 through the fan. 105 through the fan. Yeah, we'll pause for station identification. Um, Yeah, I hit the power button on the on the audio, and we drove home and just kind of looked at each other. And I listened to the dog whine the whole way home, and went, "Man, you know, just that little jam ball that fell yesterday was nice, but I I felt like I kind of fumbled 
couple other at bats in a, in a situation where we really needed my at bats. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's, um, again, like I've, I've kind of like touched on this subject. I don't know about on the podcast, but touched on it with a couple of people of like, yeah, it's one thing to have a good off season after having a good season, but it's another thing to have a, a good off season after having a season that you didn't love. And, and, you know, I now coming down the stretch, I want to make sure that I'm getting the most out of every day in season so that I remember, in the off season, like, Hey, where, where do I need to continue to get better? Because, you know, we got some, uh, some big improvements that I want to make to be the best version of me, but we can't really, can't really think too far ahead right now because we need to win tonight. We need to win every time we step on the field the rest of the way through. But yeah, after, after dropping a tight one and giving away some at bats, there's, there's not a lot going on in the car, not a lot of conversation. Like, yeah, I rub the puppy and feel pretty happy about that. And you know, I, I, you can't take it too heavy because, again, it's just a game. It's it's a privilege to come to this field and play here. But yeah, there's a little bit of a little bit of emotion, and and you know, if you could totally flush it and don't care at all, you'd probably be a little concerned. But yeah, it it, it, it doesn't feel good losing. How much of my voice did it take before you wanted to punch about, the steering wheel? No, no, about four seconds. I just hit the power button. Yeah, nothing. I said I I told her I said, hey, that sounds like Jared, huh? See you later. Do you feel like how I felt earlier in the season when you said that the best thing on the video board was <laughs> the pregame shots of the players in the dugout? I still, Is that how you do feel you remember, now? Do you remember uh, we were talking and I, I I think we were joking how Josh Smith bracket. got caught. Oh, okay. Josh Smith got caught, you know, unflattering shot in the dugout, the, <laughs> the seconds. And I said my favorite thing before the game is to just watch all you guys kind of interact in the, I forgot that. Hannah's on the video board a lot. I didn't mean it as uh, I wasn't. It wasn't a knock against Hannah. Uh, I I think Hannah's I, that it was. It was an assumed like after everything Hannah does, and I know what she does. She does the stuff with the six shooters, the merch thing. Yep. I don't know what it's called. Authentics. Yep, and then you do one other thing, and then you, you know do, sometimes when Authentics does that too, I go, huh? I don't remember signing that. That signing that bat, I wonder if they just yanked it out of my locker. I'm not gonna lie about that. I think that sometimes you go, man. I wish I had that bat back. What if there's still some hits, some hits in there? Yeah. yeah. Like, what's that doing in the store? It's well, speaking awesome. of Rangers cute. Authentics, for all of our lovely listeners, if you subscribe, rate, and review the show, we'll give you a Nathaniel Low autographed baseball that we already have. So don't have to worry about signing anything. <laughs> Do you remember signing this? No. <laughs> was, I think it was earlier before the season. But okay. again, rate, subscribe, review. We appreciate you guys. But back to baseball. This team has gone through so much in the past month and some change. What is the biggest lesson that this has all taught you as a player on and off the field? Um, I don't know. It, it, it's like, it's just a constant reminder that you, you need to be the same person, like regardless of whether you win or lose or whether you're a good player or a bad player. Like, you know, I, what, what really truly matters at the end is like, did I give up my best and was I a good teammate? So, you know, I, I like going out there and, Taking a play off like kind of hurts because it feels like at this point like he, he, that we got a lot of guys that are emotionally invested in making sure that this organization heads back in the right direction. So there's there's more to play for than just you know statistics and wins and losses and and numbers and money and things like that. Like there's a fan base that deserves a team to perform. There's families at home who are pulling for players on the field. There's guys in AAA who are chomping at the bit to come up here and take our jobs. And, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. So regardless of how well or how poorly that I feel like I've performed over the course of this season, it's just, again, it's just so many reminders of being grateful for where we're at and, and just understanding that every day you get to come in and compete is a, is a true gift. 
You just briefly mentioned the minor leagues. I want to talk to you about Evan Carter and his debut. Yeah. What kind of energy did that cultivator, did that change in the clubhouse that day? And what has impressed you about his game so far? Yeah, baby Evan. Um, he's a baby, you know. That's so really funny is. to me. Like, he turned 21. He turned 21 two weeks ago, right? Um, I don't know. He's, like, he's just so naive. Like, he's a child. Um, but he's a good baseball player, you know. Like, he, he plays – He's learning his role in the outfield. He's, you know, obviously working through some stuff there, and he's a good hitter. He's a good base runner. Like, he's fast. Like, the tools are all there. Um, and he's so, like, naive because he asked me the other day in Cleveland, he goes, man, um, I think I'm almost out of bats. I'm like, okay. Like, and, like, what's what's the holdup? He goes, yeah, you know, how do I – how do I get more bats? I'm like, well, you know, there is a, a equipment manager whose whole <laughs> role is like to make sure that you have the right bats, right? You can go ask him to buy you some and they'll be in your locker as soon as the company makes them. He goes, wow, I don't really know that, but that's cool. I got, you know, like, okay. I think, yeah, <laughs> that is so yeah, awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's great. Um, you know, and it's like, it's, it's guys like that who like, who don't expect the red carpet to be rolled out for them who are like, you know, I, I'm not going to say that they, we don't – I'm not going to say that we have guys like that, but, you know, you, you hear about them here and there that kind of expect, like, yeah, I should be riding in the limo, sitting in the front seat on the on the bus and all this other stuff. But, you know, when you come across an Evan Carter, like somebody who's from small-town Tennessee and as a young player and as a really talented player and may not even know how good he truly is, like, you know, I, I don't think I have enough bats as the major leagues. I have holes in my sliders or whatever it is. Like, it, it's – it's pretty cool. So, okay. Good kid. Yeah. There, it's not like you get called up and there's this orientation video you get on, hey, this Here's is how this Here's the major league handbook. Right, this right? is what you do. So, so you really have to rely on, I guess, knowing what questions to ask. Yeah. Hopefully asking the right person. When to ask them. And, and not... And, like, some of it is screwing up and learning, but hopefully not screwing up at the wrong things so that you don't get absolutely, like, buzzed by someone. Yeah. Uh, it's just, like, it is crazy to me because I was talking to him the day day after he got called up and, you know, I had to do a pregame interview, and he's like, I got to go to the cage. But then he was like, yeah, you know what? I, he saw the veterans who are in the cage, and there's a kind of the right way to go about it. You're not going to jump in front of Marcus or whomever, and you wait your turn, but, like, how do you learn all this stuff? How did you learn all this? Uh, one day at a time and like getting undressed a couple times. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's good for you. Um, long term. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I was, I was so sick when I debuted, like so physically ill and I showed up in Kansas city and we'd gone all over the place. It was like freezing in Columbus, Ohio, warm in Durham, uh, cold again in Kansas city, hot wherever we were at before Columbus. So like everybody's sick. Like we had, I think we had seven or eight cases of bronchitis in AAA. I show up to Kansas city and I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's a massage table. Like we can actually get a massage before the game. And so day one with like 12 hours of service time, if that, I didn't even sign my contract, I'm laying face down before the game, getting a massage on the massage table. And like, that's such a no-no like that's such a like you have to earn that and I, I hadn't even I hadn't even stepped into the box yet one time so you know I, thankfully the the group that we had there in Tampa was pretty pretty lenient um they were they were fair like nobody like zip tied my stuff and froze it <laughs> but you know there's uh 
there's definitely some incidents out there where like if you if you do something like that warrants that like you have to learn a lesson and yeah uh no but they it, it, it was pretty lenient um i wore shorts one time on the road i, I only did that one time uh i got pretty <laughs> i got pretty beat up for that uh, i took an early i took an early uber with our uh rich rice guy like our pr guy and i had to do a couple interviews early and i didn't know that you have to wear pants and a collar on the road i mean collars pretty much you know like just assumed but just something nice but never shorts like you wear anything you want as long as your pants are long and your outfit is nice but never shorts and never open-toed shoes and i wore shorts to yankee stadium so yeah i i got I got beat up pretty good for that one, but you know, you have to learn somehow. So there's just, there's feel things like, you know, you, the guys who are really low on the totem pole, like you can't get caught without alcoholic beverages on the bus because if an older guy wants something and you don't have a beer ready, like what are you doing? You know, it's, it's like a rite of passage thing. And once you, once you eclipse however much time it is based on the team, or if you're not the low man on the totem pole, then you get to, enjoy the services of the rookies Do, okay so is there a at the beginning of the year does like a marcus simeon type come up to you and say evan you based on the roster and however many people we like you have now graduated like you no longer need to like is is there some sort of acknowledgement when a player then knows that they are no longer responsible for a b and c sort of kind of okay yeah right. it's like it's again that's another feel thing that's yeah. a, you and like you just feel it out as you go so as long as you don't assume like you're the guy who's going to get out of it like you know if you have less than a year and you're on the bus empty-handed like you you should feel pretty naked like you should feel lost so yeah like Josh Young like you know the rookie third baseman he he's making sure that everybody's got a drink on the airplane and he was kind of not forced into that role but he accepted it and he was really good at it embraced it yeah Yeah. he embraced it for sure so it you know, next year he earns his right by paying his dues and he's not going to have to do that next year. It's funny you mentioned Josh because I interviewed him a few months back. I think it was might be like May or June. And I asked him about like rookie responsibilities, what he has to do. And he yeah. said, usually you're responsible for bringing beers like what you just mentioned, Nate. If a veteran wants a beer, whatever that may be. And he goes, I took it a step further and I have a bartending kit that I bring on all the plane rides. So now I'm like the team bartender. So is that something that Evan's going to have to do, or what does that transition look like? Maybe, maybe. He's you have gonna, two bartenders now. Yeah, he's going to have to get creative, you know. I, I mean, Josh set the bar pretty high. I was he did say, a, yeah. yeah, he did a really yeah. good job, you know. And, like, the, the creativity of trying to add, like, new drinks for every city we go to, like, he was on a pretty good run there. And then, like, he, you know, it gets a little tedious, so I, I understand it tapering off, but... um you know, he did a good job. So Evan's going to have to make sure that he's ready next year, unless we find somebody with less service time as a position player that can sneak in and make the team out of camp. Like, you know, but um, again, it'll be like low man position player, low man pitcher service wise. And everybody else will just kind of get to get to enjoy that. It's not harsh though. That's the thing. It's just a rite of passage. It's all fun. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's yeah, all like fun. You, you mentioned the uh, a hypothetical uh, hypothetical punishment of zip tying and freezing. Like, it's not like yeah. you know. It's it's all like, hey, like, got you. We're gonna have fun with you. You you cross the line. We're gonna have fun with you. Yeah, type of stuff. Yeah, like I've I've heard stories of guys that have come in um, with a certain Rangers Hall of Famer who's 
uh, a Dominican actual Hall of Famer who didn't like guys to wear ripped jeans. So if you wore ripped jeans and your skins were sh- your skin was showing through your legs, you your holes were made bigger. They were cut off and like turned into jorts and all kinds of stuff. But oh but, but 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 after you sit there in embarrassment and realize like this is pretty sloppy, I shouldn't do this. There was a brand new pair of jeans waiting on you. So you know it comes full circle. Yeah. Like you know they're they're definitely the right ways and wrong ways to go about it. Um, Some teams take it a little more serious than other, but as long as there's like a mutual respect between the guys who have earned the right to take advantage of that and the guys who are paying their dues, you're going to have a good clubhouse. Uh, Quickly. So Josh and Adoli's come back. Nice. Uh, Pretty fired up, obviously great to have those guys back. Yeah. Uh, I think Adoli's, I don't know if it was a surprise to you guys, but Coming back from Cleveland, I think the thought was maybe Adolis ready for Seattle. I think the preparation was for Josh to be back when he got back yesterday. But, I mean, what's it like? No slight to the guys who were getting time in their place because those guys did well. But just getting those two guys back, how much of a, a boost, how much of a charge is it for you guys? Yeah, the name, like the name says something in the lineup card too, you know? So when you, when you know you have to go through more all-stars, like that's no knock on the other guys that have filled in at third, the other guys that have filled in at corner outfield and done a really good job with it and taken advantage of the playing time that they got, um, you know? It, but when you add those two bats back in the lineup and we get them going again, like you, you, we're in a really good spot. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, I was climbing on Josh yesterday for catching the first line drive they got hit at him, <laughs> even though it was like a jam ball and got hit. And he was, he was upset that he threw it over to me with one finger. And I was like, dude, I'm just, I'm just happy you caught it. <laughs> you know, like one step at a time. And Dolly's first, first ball in play went yeah, to Dolly's. Josh just tested it right away. Yeah. yeah. Catches it at the wall and pulls up and yeah, breaks down. That was, yeah. It's funny how that works. Yeah. You? I, you knew it was, you knew it was going to happen too. I was like, man, oh, yeah. the first at bat. First at bat of the game, Adolis is going to have to go back to the wall and catch a ball, or it's going to be a line drive at Josh. Like it, it's it's like clockwork. automatic. Yeah, the fact that it's already the last home state of the regular season blows my mind. Kinda it's weird. flown by so fast. But looking ahead to the next schedule, we have seven games against Seattle between this homestand and the final road trip of the regular season. Yep. How will you approach those games? Does it feel any different knowing that it's kind of this neck, neck, and neck race for the AL West? I'm going to sleep a lot in between those games. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be seven playoff games. Like, it really will. Um, yeah, we get three here over a weekend, and it could get it could get pretty rowdy. We get four there to end out there, our regular season, both regular seasons. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of emotional baseball. And, yeah, so it doesn't really, I'm not going to say it doesn't really matter, like, overall what happens before we get there and between the two times that we play those guys, but we need to use this Boston series playing against a team who's out of it as like, you know, we need to take care of these games. We have to, we have to beat LA. We have to like compete every single time that we get on the field because it's not like we can just roll through somebody and just, you know, expect them to fold. Um, Which is kind of the weird thing about the Toronto series. That's, I, I don't know if you guys felt that watching it, but it felt like in the fourth or fifth inning, like those games were over and we put them, put them away, stepped on their neck and didn't really give them a chance to breathe. And then we show up in Cleveland and, and catch a really quality start out of their first guy that we saw. And yeah, we, we got dominated the rest of the weekend. So, 
it's a weird, we got a weird thing going on, but we do have a chance to win today, and that's really all you can ask for. All right, well, exciting stuff uh, for Rangers fans. Nathaniel mentioned it. Uh, this team hasn't played uh, meaningful baseball past mid-August since 2016, and this is really the first race in September since 2015 because 20, the 2016 team had the division wrapped up, I mean, kind of like the Braves and uh, and and you know some of the team, the Dodgers, I guess, now have clinched the playoff spot. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even really that year where I mean the games mattered, but it wasn't like a, a neck, you know, neck and neck or neck and neck and neck race if you think about all the teams involved. Uh, so looking forward to that as we have this conversation here on Tuesday before the second game of the Red Sox series. All right, we got a message from our sponsors, uh, but after that we're going to talk a little bit more about Nathaniel's baseball journey. Whataburger's Jalapeno Cheddar Biscuit is back, or if you've never tried one, it's here for a limited time at participating locations. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So last episode, I think we basically got up to uh, getting to AAA. Uh, and well, we, we talked about uh, some of the pressures of trying to swing for a promotion every time you're in the box, you know, essentially when you, when you start to get close. So you get to triple a, you're, I mean, you're one step away in double a certain organizations, maybe a little more aggressive with that than others. But obviously when you're in triple a, there is no step up other than the majors. So you still in the Tampa organization, you're now you're there. Do you feel like in your head, it's just a matter of time. So long as I, I hate to like, phrase it this way, but so long as I don't screw it up, like it's going to happen. Or are you still like, gosh, I don't know. Like I triple A is great, but the major still seems like miles away. Like what, what's the mentality? What do you remember about the mentality for you? Um, my freshman year in triple A, I was, I was dying. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, I was like doing early work six days a week, seven days a week. And our manager that we had at the time, who's the bench coach for the Mariners uh, last year, the year before, I believe, uh, Jared Sandberg, he was a big hockey guy. And he would hit a fungo right past me and then give me, like, the icing sign for, like, the puck getting past me. And he told me, you know, we need to work on your defense every day. And I said, okay, that's fine. We'll do it. I didn't know we were going to work like that. Like, it, it, you know, it's it's August of a minor league season, and I'm thinking, like, surely I'm going to get a day today, and I'm going to get my legs back under me and be able to take them to the batter's box and all this other stuff. And now, because, you know, rest in peace, Jimmy Hoff. But Jimmy Hoff used to say, uh, the, the infield in Durham plays faster than I-95. And he's, he's <laughs> you know, he's a baseball. Who's Jimmy Hoff? Jimmy Hoff. Oh, my gosh. Who's Jimmy Hoff? Jimmy Hoff is a baseball development legend. I mean, he put in – I. I would say 50, but that might be selling it short. He probably put in 60 years of work in professional baseball, developing infielders, um, developing young men, developing professionals. Like he was a part of Tampa Bay organization when I met him. Um, I mean, he had a heart attack in church on a Sunday morning and died. And that was just kind of like the, the 
the bow on the present of like the life of Jimmy Hoff because he was so selfless that he was always out there working with everybody. And he, he used to, he used to laugh so hard cause he would say, all right guys, I'm going to pull out my computer and he pull out a little folded up piece of paper from his <laughs> pocket. Cause he, 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 I mean, I don't need, I don't know how old he was. He's like an ageless wonder by the time I got to meet him, but he had these little catchphrases, you know, at the end of batting practice in the minor leagues, you'd stand around the infield and the infield would stand like where you play for infield in. And when you catch a line drive hit by a batter, you could go in and eat spread. So you're standing guys just hitting laser beams through the infield and, and you're trying to just catch one you're just enough, it. just yeah. enough. So your face isn't in danger. You snag it and go inside and eat. And he say, uh, what was his big one? His, he would say, infielders, we need to be vociferous. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it's yeah. a great impression. Oh, man. He, look up he, this guy looks Jimmy like. Hoff. He was, he was amazing. Um, but, yeah, you know, he's, he's part of that staff and part of the development staff in Tampa that did so well at making sure that so many of these guys that you see in the major leagues all over the place, and I mean all over the place, are having success. And it's not really – it's not really an accident that the groups that got brought through that organization are up here because they had such good people and we had such a good time. And like without killing us, we really truly like worked at it and, you know, and, and so Sandberg Sandberg was uh, a part of that group that was pretty instrumental in my development. And yeah, so the first time playing in AAA, you know, we, uh, we get to fly. And that was new to me. So, you know, we get on the Southwest flight that leaves Raleigh-Durham at 6.07 a.m. So you're up at God knows how early. Like, you know, you're at the airport at 4.45 for the 6 o'clock flight. And, you know, you're playing that night in Lehigh Valley. And I remember that was the first time where we, we stayed at, like, a extended stay. And I got my own hotel room. So, you know. So your roommate's up through AA? No, you still get roommates in AAA. When okay. you're Well, when you're off the roster. When you, well, or unless it's written in your contract. So, so if you're a 40 man guy, you get your own room. Uh, yes. Okay. And that's a CBA. Yeah. I think that's a CBA thing. Um, but yeah, when you're not covered by that, you're sharing a room, you know, it's the double, double queen bedroom and you're sharing that all the way through. But, um, oh yeah, man, it, it, it was like. My first shot at AAA, it was like, wow, this is major league competition. You know, I'm, I'm playing against these names that I've seen on TV that have years of service time that maybe just aren't the right fit for a team or haven't played as well as they want to and all this other stuff. And, and Durham's amazing. Like, I, I really enjoyed it there. And, I, you know, I'm pretty partial to a short wall in left field, too. So, like, having that to play with was pretty cool. Um you know, and then I, I think I, I might have said it in the last episode, my first off day of the year, like my first true off day where I didn't know ahead of time that I was going up because for the most part, like I, I got to play every day. And then when I would sit a game, I'd kind of like eye the manager and be like, all right, like, you know, am I out of here? <laughs> like, am I, like, am I going to double A or is this just like a, is this like a thing? Um, so I had an off day in high A, I go to double A. I had an off day. I, I remember I, I got the prospect day and I was so happy because I thought it was so funny that I could make fun of everybody and say, look at this boys. Like I'm a prospect. now. Like, <laughs> I get this Sunday day game off. <laughs> I'm going to sit here in the dugout and cheer you guys. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure after spending all nine innings in the dugout, my manager's like, nah, you're going back out. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, <laughs> that's enough of that. Um, yeah, I got, I got like the last day in August off. So I'm like, man, I, am I going to the big leagues in, in my first year in 2018? Am I going to go join this 
Tampa team, but you know, they don't really need me. I don't think I fit in. And you know, all the guys in the minor leagues are doing their clubhouse GM in and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I didn't go that year. I played the rest of rest of that season in Durham and then went back to Durham after going to my first major league camp in 2019. And that was an experience in itself because again, like, you know, minor league camp is like herding cats. And then the major league camp, you just kind of like, as long as you're on time and doing what you're supposed to do, like, you know, there people aren't really bothering you to stick to like this rigid to the T schedule, but you know, the, the whole organization is going a million places at once. So you're going to show up when you're going to show up. But, um, you know, it, it's such a different environment because most of the guys that are established know exactly what they need to do. And nobody's going to step on anybody's toes. It's not like you're you're bothering people to get your work in because you're a priority. Like, you, you're the guy. Um, so when you can pull a coach off and say, like, hey, I want to do this or I want to do that or let's work on this for a couple of days or, like, today I'm just going to stand in the batter's box. I'm going to be there in game speed and I'm just going to watch the baseball hit the mitt all the way to the plate, like, you can't do that in the minor league side. You're fighting for your life. So I, knowing, like, having a pretty good feeling that I wasn't going to make the team in 2019, I took some pitches, and I my numbers were horrible. Like, my first major league camp, my numbers were horrible. I'm pretty sure my numbers career-wise are pretty bad. So I, in I spring training? Yeah, in spring training, yeah. So, But, you know, like we joke about it, too. Like, you don't get paid on spring training stats, so – why waste your hits there? So as long as you're getting something done, you're having a productive spring training. But me being like priority four on the depth list of first baseman, like I, you know, I, I didn't get a big opportunity, but then I got to Durham and I, I got off to a pretty good start and I got called up and then went up and down a couple of times after that for the remainder of that year. But um, yeah, triple a, my first time through felt like it was a mile from the big leagues. And then the, well, a mile is probably the wrong word. It felt like it was, years away from the big leagues and then triple a the second time through was like man i got this like i i can i can do this i can i can perform here and i can get myself better to make sure that i'm ready for the big league team when i get called back up i got a million questions uh we're not gonna <laughs> I get too. yeah we're not gonna get them all. i i so i was just looking at your numbers and there are certain guys like when i whenever i look at a guy coming up through a system if they get called up to any level, they advance a level yeah. and they struggle. That that doesn't like phase me. Like I don't freak out. I'm curious when they repeat a level how they do. Yeah. What stands out though is yeah that second time you went back to AAA in 2019, your numbers were better, but your numbers that first time were pretty darn good. Like I, I just, what do you think it was for you throughout your minor league career that allowed you to deal with those advancements the promotions and just kind of keep on going because there's some really good players who their first time in double a it's rough and they come back the next year and they figure it out or triple a but like it seemed like you just kind of kept on going um well like the legend of the southern league i don't know for some reason got stuck in my head going in and because like they always said the fields are huge it's humid it's hot it's the ball doesn't go anywhere if you can hit in the southern league you can hit in the big leagues um yeah, I don't know. I just saw that as a challenge. And I, I knew that I didn't have any draft stock. I didn't have any prospect status. I didn't have sponsorship deals and all this other stuff. Like I was calling my, I was asking my agent to call my equipment manager from Mississippi State to send me Adidas stuff or my manager from short season was sending me Adidas stuff. And, you know, that 2018 year, I, I, I 
remember in the off season, just thinking the whole time, like I remember so many nights where a lot of players can relate to this too. Like where you, you, maybe it's a December, January and you're watching a video of somebody hitting a homer and going, man, like I didn't do this this year. Like I have to do this and became obsessed with it. And like, just so enthralled with the idea of I need to do something to stand out and like the the whole idea of not getting lost in the shuffle in the minor leagues was so important to me because yeah I'm an average white college draft pick I I'm no dirt off the organization's back if they pick me and in the year and a half they release me like I, I could just fall into the trap and be just like everybody else who has a story after they get done playing, but I, I had to do something to separate. And if you get content anywhere in the minor leagues, you, you're not going to separate yourself. If you feel sorry for yourself, it, it's like most everything. Like, you know, I, I think that a big piece of my minor league journey is this. I hope that it's relatable to somebody because it, in, and maybe not even just in baseball, but you know, it, who are we to put limits on ourselves? Like it, it, we have so much, capability and so much to accomplish and and the world really doesn't feel bad for us you know if you go home after hitting 230 in double a you hit seven homers this year and you get released the next year like there's there's nobody out there that feels bad for you like you you need to keep going so i don't know that whole winter it just it just worked man i had i had such a good group around me and and again like I, those are still some of the guys that i i am the closest with today and and they continue to push me in the off season so yeah, it worked there. It'll continue to work, and, you know, we just want to keep getting better. I re- the limits thing, I think, is – you're right. I think that's relatable outside of baseball, but I, I I hear it and see it so much in baseball, and it's really frustrating because how do any of us know, right? Like, I think when I first started, you know, I thought, oh, this guy can be this, he can be that, and then it's like, screw that. Like, screw me. Like, why – How? Why? who was I to ever say that? Like, right. and I remember – so I, I don't remember what the narrative was when you were drafted, but I can only imagine that when you were drafted, it wasn't Josh's like his brother. Well, yeah. And it wasn't yeah. like people were saying like, Oh, this guy, he's going to be the first baseman of the future. He's no going to be this or that. He's going to play third base. What? But I just remember, let's fast forward to when the Rangers acquired you. We've talked about this. Yeah. Well, he'll be great against righties, <sighs> you know? And then you go out and you, you do what you've done against lefties. It's just like, I, I, it is, it is a great lesson, and I hope if there are young baseball players out there, they, they specifically hear this and know that when a coach tells you that, oh, you're this or you're that, screw that guy. It's on you. Yeah. Man. Well, okay, hold on. That could be taken out of context. Sorry, yes. Yes. It's not screw that guy. It's, okay. hey, coach, watch this. Yeah, there you go. Hey, better, coach, well, watch better, this. Yeah, better phrase. Yeah, because, yeah, then all of a sudden the parents are involved. Yeah, yeah. It's your coach's fault. You're playing for another team. <laughs> <laughs> seen, seen that before. <laughs> seen that before. Man, that guy didn't know what he's talking about. My boy's ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's funny that you say that, too. And You know, in, in retrospect this season, like, I, I've – let some left-handed bat- at bats get away from me. Like I, I, my split's not where I want it to be. And yeah, that, that's another narrative that we can play through this off season when I need to continue to improve. And you know, like I, ideally, like I need to be a better left on left guy. I had success last year. I killed him last year, but now the report's out. So I'm getting pitched differently from left-handed pitching and I need to continue to adjust. So we'll address that when it's time to address that. But, you know, tonight we need to make sure we take care of what we can take care of with, with this Red Sox team and uh, obviously score some more. 
Back to the lessons point that you just made, when someone like an Evan Carter or eventually a Wyatt Langford, whenever that time comes for him, whenever there's someone new in the Rangers clubhouse that's either going to make their debut or you see them at spring training, what lessons do you want to teach them? Like, Do you assume kind of like a mentor role or do you ever see yourself in that position one day once you've been around for a little bit longer? Uh, well, Evan Carter, Wyatt Langford, like I, I want to make sure that they're uh, they're bonus cashed so we're we're making sure that we're going to dinner <laughs> on their dime. um you know the guy who gets picked in the 20th and makes it like i'll put my arm around you, you. take care yeah. of that guy, i put right? my arm around yeah. yeah but yeah you know you got to rag on the young guys man to make sure they're humble so yeah i'm i think evan was first rounder too right he or, was so he was a second rounder but but good signing bonus yeah okay he uh, was yeah, yeah we're making yeah. sure dinners yeah. dinners on them but um you know like again those those kids work hard man like they they work hard. Evans Evans going to be a really good player. White's going to be a really good player. Like ideally, a lot of your first round picks are going to have these bright futures, and you know you want to be there for them uh, as a teammate and as a player and as a person. So like you know, there's there's a lot to look forward to with the with the future that we have. And yeah, so you know if you got a chance to get in their ear and if they have questions and they're open to it, absolutely. But I, I I've kind of learned this with advice is that if if you ask. If you are asked to give advice, then you'll give the best advice. But when you just kind of blurt it out there and say, hey, you should do this, you might be taken away from their process. So if Evan wants to, you know, Evan wants to look for a certain pitch or go after whatever or make this throw or take this base, like I am not going to stand in the way of him learning the lesson. But if he were to say, hey, what are you looking for with this guy? Then I'll tell him everything I know. On the flip side when you were having your first couple games at the major league level, was there anyone specific that you were going to, to ask those questions or how did you really navigate that? Was there a specific person that you would ask, you know, whether it's stay in the life questions or about baseball, like how did you learn all that? Was it from one specific person or just kind of observing? No, we just had a good group. We had a really good group. We, and uh, you know, with, with all the, the way options used to work where you could go back and forth three times in a week, you know, you, you, we just had a good group in AAA. We had a good group in the major leagues too. We had a lot of really talented players that had a lot of service time that were in AAA. Um, and then a, obviously a group that in Tampa was very open to young players coming in and there was nobody that was like salty, like beating down on rookies or all that other stuff. Like we just had a good group. So I, I would say like the whole team, the staff was great to me. Like, it's tough for – I get how it's tough for a staff to really truly get involved with a player when, like, you know that they're going to get sent out after the series. So it's just something that you need to continue to learn. And, like, they were – their arms were wide open. They did a really good job of making sure that all of us were comfortable. I have one more before we head to break. If you could give minor league Nathaniel Lowe a piece of advice from major league Nathaniel Lowe, what would it be? Mm. Um. Shut your mouth and play better. <laughs> I think that would be it. Yeah, shut your mouth and play better. I don't know. I just the computer thing, like the the analytics thing, like going against that. Like that's the trend, the way baseball is heading. And and like I pride myself on being a baseball purist, but it, like you know, I, too much pride's a problem. So I, I'd probably advise that young guy to just shut his mouth and play better. I well okay. Your mentality, you talk about one pitch at a time. Yeah. That is like, you just should wear a shirt every day because you give that answer so much. Yeah. When people ask all these 
far-reaching questions. Did you have that then? Did you like really understand and embrace that then? Or is that something minorly Nathaniel? Without, I think without like thinking about it, I did. Like when now, now looking back in retrospect, like, yeah, I, I think I got here because I took it one pitch at a time. I didn't try and, you know, I didn't try and hit three homers in one at bat. I didn't try and do things that I shouldn't done. I shouldn't have done. Like I, I play the game ideally the way that it should have been played. Like, yeah, I wish I had a better rep with my glove. Um, but you know, that's, it's, come in full circle and we'll continue to improve so uh, you know i i think that i think that we're in a good spot now and i think that there's so many people to thank that, that helped me to get here but yeah i think i don't know i might not have ever consciously thought of taking life one pitch at a time but i i think that's where i'm at now well i love it and we're gonna take some fan questions one question at a time but first <laughs> nice we're gonna do a read one word at a time nice so i'm gonna give nathaniel the computer <laughs> Little highlighted bad boy right there. What do you got for us? Whataburger's Southern Bacon Double Burger is back. Here for a limited time in participating locations. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Question by question, pitch by pitch. Let's dive right into it. This one is from F. Roes Roy. What age did you hit your first home run on either a high school, college, or MLB-sized field? High school, college, or MLB-sized field. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would have to be like some sort of travel ball when I was younger. Um, I remember when we moved from... 5480 to 6090 it was like wow man that fence is so far back there um i would probably say i was 13 13 would be the first time and and it was like a it was like a bat that i shouldn't have been using because we went to cooperstown with my with my maybe my my travel team at that point cuz josh wasn't 12 yet and i got a bat that was like just out of the store and of course like they sell them as trophies and relics and you know got this in cooperstown let me hang it up on my wall and what did i do i taped it up and took it to the dish (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah i hit a home run with that rawlings with that rawlings adirondack bat i that was a that was a thing for a while but yeah that was 13 years old you're the equipment managers back then no 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 the ball is in the woods somewhere at east cobb um (laughs) yeah no no equipment managers my parents are my equipment manager there you go Shout out, Wendy. We love you. Yes. All right. Next up. This was actually a widely asked question, but what happened to the mustache? No hits in the mustache. No wins in it either. Honestly. I don't know. Our record just went in the wrong direction. The trend was not good. I haven't hit a homer since Nam. And yeah, that's uh, yeah, that was what I felt about that. So yeah, we go back to the clean face. All right, you, you know, people have asked me about that too. Other teams. like I'm guys, sure. Guys, the mustache? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I would imagine. It's like your signature thing. <sighs> I, we when I sent my tweet about hitting the questions, ball would be my signature thing. Dude, Anyways, the you look at my tweets. It is oh, most no. most common question. If it's not about the mustache, it's someone I'm just like I mustache him about. Like you know, oh. it's a no, pun. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, obviously, of course, you're known for your baseball skills and the positive things you bring to the table every day. But 
I think just the mustache from like looking at your picture on the board every single night because your headshot has the stash. Mm. That's kind of what you're also known for off the field as well. I got to time pictures better next year. Man. Yeah, I really do. Hey, but when you go, when you go deep tonight, I, you're going to look up. I want to do like one of yep. these little mustache things. Yeah. yeah. This one is from Kyla. Would you rather be only able to eat stadium hot dogs or everything Gatorade flavored for forever? Hot dogs. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Tell me that's, yeah. Tell me that's the Kyla I know too. Um, yeah. Because, and freaking, she knows we smash hot dogs in Toronto. That's okay. All right. That's funny. Cause that leads to another story. We yeah. were saying, man, we really need a hot dog roller at home. Like we really need a hot dog roller at home because Toronto had this hot dog roller in the corner. I don't know what it was, man. They were delicious. And we kept asking the clubby and, you know, our video guy, Adam Brenner, apparently set the single day record. Oh, um, wow. Apparently we set the team record and all this other stuff because it's like a thing. You know, you go to Philly, there's a cheesesteak record. You, apparently you go to Toronto now and there's a hot dog record. So, yeah, I'm in on the glizzies. I'm in on the glizzies. Okay. What do you, what do you throw on them? Uh, it's ketchup, mustard, relish, and that's it. Okay. Some days maybe feel feel a little froggy. It might be some cheddar cheese on top of some chili and some jalapenos, but that you can only eat like one of those yeah. <laughs> every, I don't even know. I, I don't really even want one now, and I like hot dogs. <laughs> you guys might have missed this. It's speaking of glizzies, and to honor the start of SMU football season, I hosted a pregame a hot dog eating contest before a game. That's right. And it was with, I think it was like four offensive linemen, and the guy next to me ate five hot dogs in less than a minute. Mm. And then I had to shove the microphone in his face after. I was like, how do you feel right now? And he was trying to form words. It was a whole thing. But it was so entertaining. It's today, I just dollar dogs. It. Wednesday, tomorrow. tomorrow. Wednesday, hell yeah. Tomorrow. See, look at that. Yeah. Hot so. dogs are a thing. So, yes, Kyle, I'll, I'll, I'll eat hot dogs over Gatorade-flavored everything. Okay. Absolutely. There we go. Uh, one last one from me, from Anthony underscore 13. Who is your favorite SpongeBob character? Mm, Patrick Starr. Like, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's the only, only answer. Like, you know, Spongebob's too mainstream, Squidward's so sour. Like, I don't know. I don't mind, I don't mind the rest of the characters, but yeah. I, and, I, but I'm, I'm not going to go on that. Like, I have some, like, solidifying answer to say Patrick is my favorite because, but I mean, he's, yeah, he's the best. In my humble opinion. I mean, I'm that's impressed you knew, was there any... Concerned that like he, I don't I haven't seen SpongeBob or were you pretty confident that he had no seen I was confident okay. I just I know when you're born like you have to have seen it you know yeah. it's inevitable of happening right. so I've only I've maybe seen one or two episodes so my parents, didn't, we just my parents didn't really encourage it ever yeah mine didn't either I, I wouldn't say they I wouldn't say they hid it from me but they definitely like you know they they were never like here watch some yeah, SpongeBob yeah yeah yeah, yeah but it was never like forced upon you just kind of happened right right it was just like if I'm flipping through the channels and. I got to SpongeBob and it stayed on TV. Yeah. It was that's how it went, and it's still on sometimes now too. Yes, I, I don't like the reanimated like yeah. the movies and stuff. I, it doesn't do it for me, but yeah, the original two days two D SpongeBob that that does it the best. Yeah, that's over my head here. I mean, SpongeBob was huge when I was growing up. I just yeah. didn't. Was, I I was a nerd. I just watched sports. That's like, fine. I didn't have. That I was not you a nerd for watching sports. No, no, I'm saying like I, but I wasn't as well. Ver I wish I okay. did more. Here's yeah. one for you. Who's yeah. your favorite Sports Center anchor when you were growing up? Oh man, I used to. I mean, I wish I was old enough to appreciate some of the humor from like Kenny Maine. Okay, 
but I loved Stuart Scott. Stuart Scott. I recently, I mean, because, you know, he used to say as cool as the other side of the pillow. Right. And, like, I got that because the other side of the pillow was colder, and yeah. it felt great. Always. But, like, Dan Patrick, I mean, that... That that's tough. I that was like my heyday of like Sports Center. Dan right. Patrick, Kenny Maine, Keith Olbermann, Stuart Scott. You had You're missing my guy. Okay, let's see. Uh Kenny Maine, Stuart Scott, Carl Rat not Carl Ravitch. Uh Craig Kilborn. If I say three words in a row, it's the same word. You would get it. I can't give it away yet. It's the same word. He said it like eight times in a row was when he was at his peak. Chris Berman? There you go. Okay. Back, 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 There you go. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, have you ever met him? No. He used to do baseball. Before you got called up, he would do occasional ESPN radio yeah. stuff. He's a big guy. Is he? Yeah, he's like your height. Yeah. He's, wow. Apparently, pretty. he can hit a golf ball, too. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I've never, but I've, I've heard yeah, similar would, stories. That, yeah. So those are your Patrick Stars. Those are my Patrick Stars, yeah. Okay. yeah. That was back when it used to be 30 minutes an episode, yep. and they used to show highlights of everything. Everything. It wasn't like, let's talk about, no disrespect, the Cowboys for 45 minutes, and then maybe we'll show Aaron Judge's three at-bats. It used to be like, hey, here's what happened in the world of sports today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, I got one. Uh, I'm mad at Twitter right now, so I'm only going to accept one question. This is from Hank. How much in-game input does a hitting coach have, or is it more stuff in between games? Or what things in game can they do? Uh, it depends. You know, it depends on the person. Like it, some guys look for it a little more. Some guys are pretty dependent on advice, and some guys are like pretty dead set in what they do and and convicted in their craft. And I think that I think that there's a healthy mix of both on this team. Um, definitely, sometimes we need to continue to learn how to like, you know, like turn the advice off and make sure you're ready to go play baseball. But again, like that's everyone's personal battle. Like there, like there are some guys who want to know, Hey, he throws this in this count or his, his slider looks like this or the fastball is straight or this, that, and the other. And some guys want to know where does he throw it and, and other stuff like that. And some guys, when they get done to look in and say like, Hey, you know, your elbow's doing this and your foot's doing that. Let's uh, clean that up. So it's, it's a, it's a matter of, What's going to get me to perform the best? So, you know, I, everybody's answer is different. Um, but we cater to all different kinds of needs with all all the hitting coaches that we have on staff. All right. I have it. one more question that was a late submission from Hannah Wing on Instagram that I just thought about. So oh, I'm going to ask it now. Are you guys doing fantasy football? Yes. That's, that's What's mine. your team name? Nope. Okay. Who's your, who's your first round pick? Nope. Okay. All, all right. right. Maybe it was we'll stay away from it. Nope. All right. Uh, all right. Nathaniel, go get him tonight. Thanks, guys. Get that first home run since now. Not really. Since now. You're going you're gonna to have a We have few. a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna and you can go home, tonight. celebrate with your puppy. All mondo. good vibes. You're going to have a Perfect. Mondo blast tonight. A Mondo, a mondo yeah. blast. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us, for our crew, for Hannah, for Nathaniel, Jared Sandler. Thanking you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Straight Up Texas podcast presented by Whataburger. We'll talk to you later.